well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from Sludge Central and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Entered the apex of the Halloween season, Matt. I think we might have entered the apex like a week and a half ago, okay? <laughs> You're right. But I mean, it's here already. I just can't believe it. This is the byproduct of getting old and having added responsibility. It's like, Jesus Christ, this season lasted two hours. It really felt like it did more than usual. It did. And it's not like we didn't do things. It's just that when you add what we did plus what we have to do, there was like no downtime whatsoever. Although I do like how we handled some of this season where we just took a couple days and crammed everything in. It's almost like binging a TV show. It was exactly like that. We've done it two or three times this season where we went to like 15 different places <laughs> in the span of two hours. That's and that fun. was the only way we were going to get to do half this stuff. I think I had more fun doing that than the way we usually do it. Well, yeah, because on a normal year, we'd be like, hey, let's go get the new fucking spider donut from Dunkin' Donuts. And then we'd have to try to make an entire afternoon out of that one thing. <laughs> and yet there's nothing else out at the time. How much more could we say about yeah. this spider donut in your car, Jay? <laughs> so we're kind of at that moment here on the Purple Stuff podcast because we're like, well, geez, the river has run dry right now, uh, but we got to talk about something, right? While the rivers run dry, bone dry. Oh! 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 oh. <laughs> That's it. You're talking about bones, and it leads us to something spooky and scary. So tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast, we're going to be talking about skeletons. Skeleton monsters. Skeletons from pop culture. I can't believe it's actually taken us this long. I believe, honestly, that this might have been on our to-do list in year one. Yeah, we kind of like this vibe where we go with a theme. We're kind of predictable in that fashion, but this is great because there is no shortage of skeletons of pop culture. You're right that it might be a predictable subject for us, but the picks are not predictable. In fact, I think we both really avoided anything that would be super obvious for either of us. Well, they're all very skeletonous. <laughs> they are very skeletonous, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> oh, skulls and skeletons, oh my. Which one of us is going first, or should I flip a coin? Oh, I thought you were going to use a Lando Calrissian Power of the Force coin. Oh, God, I wish I still had that. <laughs> That's a 50-buck thing easy. <laughs> I think you should go first this time. All right, I'll all right. go first. Okay. Number one. 
I like how I said that we went in completely non-obvious directions, and yet my first pick is the Grim Reaper from Spookies. <laughs> Spookies, the movie that I managed to bring up on every episode of the Purple Stuff podcast. 1986, I think it came out, and then it was released in the States in 88. Listeners who don't know the story, Spookies, it's like the ultimate haunted house movie, mansion full of monsters. It is just absolutely incredible. You weren't much of a Nintendo guy, but if you've played Castlevania, this oh, is like yeah. the live action version of <laughs> it Castlevania. Is. I never even thought of that. It is. It's a narrative mess, but who cares when you've got all these weird fucking awesome monsters running around? Oh, so good. All uh, practical effects, which is great. All practical. And so that brings me to this Grim Reaper. He appears very late in the movie, and I think you could kind of argue that he's like the main event monster. Oh, totally. So to set him up, two of the surviving characters get in this fist fight in a room that just happens to have this enormous Grim Reaper statue in it. And you'd think after spending hours in this like monster mansion, they'd know better than to get near it, but they do. And of course, it comes alive. Oh, of course. He's like seven, maybe even eight feet tall, classic black robe, gruesome exposed ribcage. He's like the ghost of Christmas Future from Scrooge, somewhere in that area. Just so horrific looking. And the coolest thing about that Reaper were the glowing red eyes. Those are the best. The red eyes were the best. You remember back in the 80s, you'd be in the upscale Halloween costume shop and they would have the mega costumes on that top shelf where you couldn't touch them? Yeah. So this was like that kind of like $150 Halloween costume that you could only get a gaze at at a store. That's exactly where they probably bought it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a little better than that. No, it was. I wish I could tell you that the Grim Reaper was a big part of the movie. That's not exactly how it went. There's um, not a lot of screen time for the Reaper. So he kills one person, he slashes another, and then he's stalking the remaining survivors. And what happens is one of them runs up to him, grabs the wooden part of his scythe, which for some reason causes it to emit green smoke. I love that. It was great. Didn't really get what was happening there. But it could have been maybe it was singeing his skin off of his hands. Well, you would think that would be an explanation, but in reality, it's the Reaper who got the worst end of that deal, because immediately after this, that guy, like, arm drags him off the roof of the house, yeah. and it's like a five-foot drop, but he still explodes when he hits the ground. <laughs> Like a Death Star explosion. It's like they threw a car off the house instead of a Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah. It was. It had to be not only a mechanical Grim Reaper, but one that had a lot of gasoline inside of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on the spooky scale with all the monsters running around this movie, where does the Grim Reaper rate for you? This scene, to me, is the single best scene in any movie ever. <laughs> no, no arguments from me, Jay. He actually looks really scary. Like, if you saw this for the first time, and let's say you're like six, he's a scary dude. But you know what happened in this scene that needs to be said is, as you're saying how frightening he is, the music is like the Seinfeld theme, like, bow, ba, dum, bow, bow. 
how great would it have been if they used like the song from It Follows? Just something pulse pounding. It doesn't make sense because Spookies has a great soundtrack. It, like if you take one of the other tracks from it and move it here, it works. You need really scary pulse pounding like It Follows music over I'm it. with you. I mean, that would have made it a more effective, horrific scene. But that's one of the things I love about Spookies is that it's on one hand really well done. Like the creature effects, at least from the first shoot, were amazing. But then in like the final edits, they did all of these things that just kind of goof it up. <laughs> yes. And so it's like things that probably did work no longer do, but it just adds to the charm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a charming film. Yeah. Starring the Grim Reaper. Oh, speaking of starring, the Grim Reaper was played by a guy named James M. Glenn. And he actually has a profile page in IMDb, despite this being his only role in anything. <laughs> so it's literally actor, comma, one credit, comma, the Grim Reaper from Spookies. Amazing. Well, I, he would want to be proud of that, of course. No, I, fuck, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I'm already Googling this guy. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to do a background check because I need his auto. You got to shake what your mama gave you, you know what I'm saying? I don't, actually, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> horned up tonight i am going to talk about the horned king from the black cauldron one of my favorite disney movies ever and for disney standards this movie was very dark it's so incongruous i think that was sort of an issue when it came out that it was so dark you probably remember me mentioning return to oz and seeing that at radio city music hall well i saw this at radio city music hall when it first came out and to see this in what the theater. What compelled your parents to bring, was this like a school trip? Yeah, no, hey kids, we're going to see the Black Cauldron <laughs> at Radio City Music Hall. My dad's got a cigar and like We're gonna go to Bennigan's yeah. and then they're gonna see the Black Cauldron at Radio City. <laughs> I swear, I mean, if it wasn't so amazingly random, I would swear you were making this shit up. That summer, it was called Disney Summer Magic, and it was this big deal, right? So I got to go. It was such a cool experience. But being able to see that in Radio City just obviously heightened the experience. But seeing it and being a little kid who was already obsessed with, like, anything scary, I loved the Horn King and these scenes with all the green smoke and all this stuff. Anyway, the Horn King wants the power of what's in the Black Cauldron because it's magical. That old tale. Yeah, he wants to use it to raise an army of dead soldiers, which are coincidentally all skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> you, you getting some extra bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. In this, this is this is great. This is more like skeletons. The blue light special. 
And anyway, so just to describe him real quick, because I skipped over that, he's this kind of um, skeletal creature, but he has horns that are also like skeleton-y, and he's got a cloak and a very scary voice. Arise, my messengers of death. Our To me, he was like a much more effective version of Mummy Mumra in oh, some ways. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. not not like identical, but somewhere in that area. This has got to be on the upper end of Disney villains as far as like just being threats. And that's the thing. That's why he doesn't show up too often. He's not super popular. You can't pass a Disney store and see the Horn King. Oh, my soldiers. How long I have thirsted. Anyway, the grand finale of these scenes, after he raises his boys from the dead with this green smoke and all that, he has his, like, conjuring done, and now he's getting sucked into the cauldron itself. His skin gets sucked off his bones right on screen. You remember the like the mad scientist toys where you drop them in the thing and all the skin would bubble off? Yes. It was kind of like that. And then what's underneath is, you know, more fucking bones. <laughs> <laughs> so then he just dies. You're happy if you're a kid who's rooting for the good guys. But if you love that guy, you're like, son of a bitch. When did this movie come out? Uh, 85. So you're a little kid. You're a was, little, yeah, little, little kid. I was a little kid. I loved it. I loved the shit out of it. That amazes me because I remember seeing some spooky Disney shorts. In fact, I was going to bring some up, like the skeleton dance and whatnot. Yeah. And at that age, even those, which are fairly benign and even comical, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I cannot imagine watching this that I young. loved being scared. I'm telling you, I loved I still love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you do. Yeah. So I definitely recommend this. Even if you're not a Disney fan, because I know there's people out there who do not like Disney, and that's fine. Just watch the scenes with the Horned King. As a kid, I was too afraid of this movie to rent it. I yeah. remember seeing the box at the video store and being like, oh, this is definitely beyond my threshold. And I just never got around to it. This reminded me, seeing these scenes, the animation's so good, the music's so, so good, good, the color palette, so everything is just so wicked. And that's why it wasn't a huge hit, because it wasn't like all fun and games for little kids. No, no. I mean, this is not uh, the three Calabaros, wherever the fuck that movie was with the ducks. <laughs> Go from that to the Horned King and his uh, dissolving skin. <laughs> it's like Judge Doom. Yep. Hey, Disney loves burning people's skin off. <laughs> That's their thing. Now, the movie Roger Ebert calls a rip-roaring tale of swords, sorcery, and magic can be yours to own for the very first time. The Black Cauldron, Disney's 25th animated masterpiece, is coming to video for a limited time only. It's our only chance. Share this timeless classic with your family. It's the fantastic enchanted adventure you'll want to add to your Disney collection. Own The Black Cauldron, rated PG, now in collectible chromium FX packaging. Number three. From McDonald's come haunting characters making spine-tingling sounds. Will Halloween be safe from these candy holders? Probably not. One McDonald's and character and nerds candy in each Happy Meal you buy. 
Did somebody say McDonald's? All right, so nostalgia surrounding McDonald's Halloween McNugget Buddies is as high as it's ever been, right? Talk about like a second life. It's just, it's tremendous. We even joked on the show years ago about how throwing a picture of those toys on social media was like a guaranteed ticket to stardom. Oh, yeah. Now it's like even more that way. It's like these things just never lose their shine. You would think that McDonald's would actually capitalize on that. My point was that what people, a lot of people don't know is that there are a couple of figures that were kind of technically Halloween McNugget buddies that weren't part of the dedicated Happy Meal sets. I love that you're going here with this. And that's where this pick comes in. Yeah. As part of the 1998 Haunted Halloween Happy Meal, yes. there was a figure simply named McNugget Buddy. And to tie in with this show, he wore an absolutely bitchin' skeleton mask. Bitchin'. The Haunted Halloween Happy Meal, these were figural candy dispensers. So you have like Ronald dressed like a scarecrow, Grimace dressed like a pumpkin, so on and so forth. And their stomachs were hollow, and McDonald's actually included little packages of nerds with them. What was great is that if you didn't know, if they didn't tell you, hey, this is a candy dispenser, you would see it and you would just think it's like a toy or like sort of a figure type thing. And you would be happy right there. But then, yeah, no, yeah. it's all also this and it's going to give me candy to give me orange nerds. I've heard of super sizing, but this is super serving. <laughs> and they're all really cool little toys. But like this set doesn't have the nostalgic punch of the pals or the real McNugget buddies. Far fewer people talk about Haunted Halloween, right. which is a shame because this McNugget buddy is amazing. So he is smaller than a typical McNugget buddy figure. He's made of a cheaper plastic, but if you pretend he's sort of like a baby McNugget, he fits right in. And this mask, dude, it's like a death mask or like a almost like a skull version of a tiki mask. I am positive that there is some Scooby-Doo villain that wears this <laughs> yeah, mask, right? It doesn't seem like that, yeah. The uh, orange spooky nerds mm -hmm. just went along with those perfectly. A chubby chicken McNugget who spills nerds out of his stomach. Come on. <laughs> And because nobody really thinks of him as a McNugget buddy, he's super cheap. Like, you can get a still-packaged one. They rarely go for more than $3. This is where that song comes in by Rick James. Super cheap. Super cheap. Super cheap. Super, super cheap. cheap and nugget. Exactly. There are, like, five or six different Halloween Happy Meals of note. This is probably the least championed one. If you take anything away from this segment, Collect these. They're super cheap and they're freaking great super on the shelf. Cheap. Super cheap. Super cheap. cheap. And... Okay. <laughs> no. So, all right, you know how you have to end the segment. How do I have to end the segment? Please, how, please help me out of here, Jay. I'm going I'm to tell you how not to end it. If it's one thing I hate, it's this modern end of all their radio and TV commercials where the guy says, ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I ba -da -ba -ba -ba. hate that thing so much. I think ba -da -ba -ba -ba. it's so stupid. So they end this commercial for this promotion in yeah. such a perfect way. How so do they Ro end it? Ronald is there, and from behind him, the skeleton pops out. Then they do their, did somebody say McDonald's? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot better than ba dum bum 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 You had more chutzpah when you said that. He's pizzazzless. I guess he's like the Orange Cassidy of voiceover guys. <laughs> <laughs> Rare AEW <laughs> reference from the WWE loyalists.
Number four. Go Thunder! Each sold separately. See any ghosts? Not yet. Segment, it's back to the bone. Give me out. Looks like you're really into them, Stan. Problem. Safe. Not so safe. It's blood bucket. What a flyer. I've been cooked. Activate neutral blasters. We ain't afraid of no Ghostbusters. Peter Venkman, bad to the bone and sludge bucket with ectoplasm, each sold separately. Ghostbusters from Kenner. The next thing I want to talk about, Matt, is bad to the bone. 1986, Kenner, the real Ghostbusters. This is one of those more deluxe ghosts that was in the line. Bad. Bad to the bone. I love bad to the bone. I feel like people who don't know what I'm talking about, probably owned him back then and still own him and don't even realize it's bad to the bone. I remember getting bad to the bone and a couple of the other real Ghostbusters ghost figures for Christmas. Sorry, I just dropped my water bottle, which is now spilling all over the floor. So if you hear any water sound effects, that's what that is. I got him for Christmas in either 86 or 87. And I remember just sitting on my bedroom floor and being like so impressed. At that point, you could have made the argument that they were the most creative, souped-up action figures yet conceived. The actual real Ghostbusters line by Kenner created this whole universe, and it separated itself from the movies, and it didn't get enough credit for being so creative. This is a skeleton with, like, a giant head, and he has these little, like, nubs for legs so he could stand up. To me, it almost looks like he's got, like, a mermaid tail bone. Or, like, a coat rack. (laughs) It's very much like a coat rag. But I mean, this isn't like the skeleton of a human. It's the skeleton of some fucking alien creature. It does look like a xenomorph. Yes, yes, that's what it looks like. Yeah, and he's got this giant skull. His rib cage would open and close. The only thing that comes to my mind is that he also could double as a chip clip. He definitely could, and I'll tell you, Jay, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Wise, crazy Calypso chips and a little bad to the bone on top. And he's got these beady eyes. The eyes is like the only thing that gives it a splash of color. And they did a perfect job on them. Oh, my God. He looks like he's rip-roaring drunk. But exactly. like not to the point where he feels like he's going to get sick, but he's just feeling really good. Yeah, they're like the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bloodshot eyes. He's making this like pucker with his mouth and his teeth, and it almost looks like he's ready for some Jello jigglers. Yeah, it's a little Jello jigglery. He was scalivating. <laughs> scalivating. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I have a little piece of trivia for you. Oh, hit me. I was looking up Bad to the Bone earlier on one of the many Ghostbusters wikis. I don't know which one. There are like 80 of them. It mentioned that the toy had a cameo in the 1988 film. Oh, you're going to bring this up? Did I spoil your fucking shit? (laughs) No, I wasn't going to bring it up. I said to myself, no, it's, I guess I could skip over that one. Well, did you see the cameo? Because I could send it to you because it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the movie. I just don't even remember the scene. It's in the scene around 18 minutes in where the kid's in his bedroom and he's like got that almost like P.B. Herman-esque contraption for his pet mice. Yes. The end result is Bad to the Bone, like, laughs and opens its ribcage. Amazing. So it's, it's like, it's, so... I don't even know if you can call that a cameo. It's like he's like one of the fucking co-stars Yeah, of the movie. he should get a credit. He did. Get a credit. <laughs> Skeleton, played by Bad to the Bone <laughs> Ghost. No, Bad to the Bone, played by himself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, the whole point, which I didn't even bother mentioning, is that his rib cage trapped the Ghostbuster figures inside. I kind of buried the lead there. Ugh, look, I had this figure, so did you. That worked on some of them. I don't know if it worked on many of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I just liked the fact that he was this, like, mermaid alien skeleton. I didn't need to stick a Ghostbuster in him to, to <laughs> like them. <laughs> Number five. Finster! The time device is ready. It's time to pick a monster. The babies. Which one of the delightfully hideous creatures are we using? Ha 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 ha! Ah, not my queen. I'm making a new one named Bones. I'm sure he'll be perfect. It better be! He's so gruesome and ugly. Just what I wanted. Thank you, my queen. Well, Jay, it's time. You knew this was coming. Oh, boy, I'm going to have a little sip of coffee before I even get into this, because it is time for us to head back to Angel Grove for another romp with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's Morphin time. It's Morphin time. <laughs> you just asked me what time it was before. I thought I was going to just get to say it's Morphin time. That would have oh, been perfect. Oh, shit. You, know, you, know, you want to re like, re rewind? All right, yeah. Okay. Do, do it again. Jay, do you know what time it is? It's Morphin time. <laughs> That's right. It's my next pick. <laughs> yeah, that was much better. Let's go with it. Um, before I even get into this, by the way, I just have to mention, I don't know if we have before, you've become a big Power Rangers guy. I learned it from watching you. You're more into the show than I am. I was frustratingly texting you. I'm like, you son of a bee. I'm watching Power Rangers. It's become one of your throw-on anytime shows, right? I do genuinely enjoy it. And it's only because you've pointed out the absurdness, but in a great way. It's pretty much the perfect show, at least for those first few seasons. God knows what happens after that. You know, I was fucking 23 by then. Who knows? Anyway, my third pick is Bones, the featured monster in the very second episode of the show, which was called, I think, High Five. High Five, yeah. P.S. The subplot of that show was about how Trini was afraid of heights. I know, yeah. I mean, that seems like a season 17 subplot. You'd think yeah. you'd have to be completely out of ideas before putting Yellow Ranger fears heights on a piece of paper. Producers probably said, listen, it has to be Power Rangers meets after school special. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> how the hell was this episode two? I know. <laughs> I am bones at your service. Hmm, perhaps I should have set the machine on low. So, let's talk about Bones. Now, I picked this guy, admittedly, before I watched the episode. Mm -hmm. And so I had no idea how ineffective in battle Bones actually was. Oh my god, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, but wow, yeah, not a strong monster in the literal sense. But he does have a cool look. He almost looks like a, like a warlock. He's a big, bulky, brownish skeleton. But to me, it was like he was dressed almost like a stock fencer. <laughs> or a pilgrim or something? I don't yeah, it's know. almost or... like a pilgrim slash Zorro. He's got a cape. He's got like a big witch slash pilgrim hat. It's a look. <laughs> it's a choice. You can blow him apart and he'll just reassemble himself. That's sort of his superpower. Mm -hmm. 
And before the Rangers head off to fight him, Zordon gives Bones this like moon push. Oh, he controls the time warp. Oh, he can disappear. Our scanners have picked up a new threat. Rita has sent a creature named Bones down to the amusement park. He can fire energy bolts out of his eye, can jump long distances, and even make himself disappear. He probably controls the time device as well. So get moving, Power Rangers. It's morphing time. So I'm like getting all geared up for this like mega fucking battle. Right. And that's not really what happened. No. They drop him in the lava, right? After like two minutes of just nonsense battling, keep in mind, he's still like a human scale monster at this point. They determine that the only way to kill Bones is to like destroy his head. That's right. the only way to like kill him for good. Yeah. So Trini just like kind of casually strolls over because now she's unafraid of heights, grabs his head like it's a fucking baton, runs over to a chasm, throws it in, and he just dies. He explodes. So long, bonehead. You're waiting for the swerve because usually the rangers kind of defeat the monsters and then Rita makes them bigger. Yeah. You're waiting for that to happen. And no, he's dead. He never becomes a kaiju. That was ridiculous because they had such an opportunity for him to be this giant, crazy looking monster. Yeah, so instead, like, he's just fucking gone, yeah, and yeah. Rita sends this, like, random giant-sized medieval knight to fight instead. I'm like, what the fuck is this, Jay? I'm not through yet! Moon just soft and pliant sent to her the giant! Jay, tell me what you thought of Bones. You know he has eye lasers? Eye lasers are great. Yeah, I want to marry eye lasers. I love that he could take his head off. That was nice, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes you just want to take your head and pretend it's a bowling ball. Totally agree. <laughs> I have little doubt that Bones was a lot cooler in his original Japanese incarnation, but even as he is here, he's a zombie skeleton who dresses like Zoro, carries around his head like a purse. He deserves <laughs> a spot on our show, Jay. Yes. Number six. The new He-Man power sword. Cool. It makes sound. That's all. The power sword makes eight action sounds. It lights up with power. You could be a hero with the He-Man power sword. Send for a He-Man video for 99 cents and postage with specially marked vehicles. My next pick is the live-action Skeletor from the New Adventures of He-Man, specifically the commercial he starred in to promote his own skull staff. Big fucking stick with a skull on the end. So they had a commercial for this toy, and in the commercial, Skeletor actually shows up. The notable thing is that this is live fucking action, New Adventures of He-Man Skeletor, the only time it has ever appeared anywhere. He's live action and looks so awesome. So anyway, the staff makes noises and stuff and it lights up and he's fighting Skeletor in this commercial, which the, the little is kid amazing. is. Yeah, the little kid. It was enough to make me jealous that like 
he was fighting the actual Skeletor? There haven't been many live-action Skeletors. There's been the one in the movie, the one in fucking Macy's Parades, the one that you would meet at Toys R Us, and the one that was like on He-Man on Ice, wherever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. And then there was this one, and I'd put him right behind the Frank Langella one. Like, he's probably the second coolest live-action Skeletor. Oh, hell yeah. And that's what's great about it is that you don't often see, obviously, live-action, but he is New Adventures, which is so odd but he looks scary and he shoots lasers from his eyes he shoots lasers <laughs> from his eyes it was almost counterproductively cool because when you take this skeletor from this commercial and then you move on to the fucking actual cartoon it's kind of a letdown exactly this isn't to like besmirch the animated skeletor from new adventures it's very clever and creative version of that character yeah but where he's up against this fucking live action eye shooting laser motherfucking battling in a kid's bedroom skeletor exactly and that's what i was thinking if they only did new adventures live action they would have had a hit on their hands most kids i would assume new adventures of he-man that was not an incredibly popular cartoon right more kids saw that commercial or at least saw it first so you would see this commercial with this fucking badass skeletor and then you would go to the cartoon and it's nothing like that and not only does he shoot lasers from his eyes, but he jumps around like he's an Olympic gymnast. He's like Spider-Man. It's the goddamn Yoda Doku scene oh, from Attack of the Clones. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, he's all over the ceiling and stuff. It's like the Matrix. He's running up the walls. <laughs> it is. You're right. Let me just for a second. I got to talk about the skull staff because it makes six battle sounds, okay? I think it goes like something like this. Clang, clang, clang. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> See, that was for you. That was for pew. <laughs> so anyway, really cool commercial. And picture this. Channel 9, Saturday afternoon, 1.30, eating some leftovers, and this live-action New Adventures of He-Man. I would like to see it, Jay. Oh. All the fucking, like, tension just left my body. It feels <laughs> like my bones are made of jelly now. <laughs> I just got so relaxed with that idea. That's what I'm saying. Oh, finally. Now I'm ready to record a show. All right. Yeah. But I'm bump bump Strange things can happen with the Skeletor skull Whoa. staff. Wicked sound! Time for your lesson! Skull Staff makes six battle sounds. Yeah! The Skeletor Skull Staff! Thanks for the workout, Bonehead! Number seven. New from the Masters of the Universe collection. Get up, Battle Bones! The collector case that carries more than warriors, more than weapons. Your parents put it together. You battle! Battle Bones can also help you carry on the struggle. The struggle for... All the power in the universe! The Battle Bones collector carry case. New from Mattel. Each toy sold separately. So you did a little He-Man, I'll do a little He-Man, Jay. There's enough He-Man to go around. There's enough bony stuff in He-Man. <laughs> My final pick is Battle Bones, a vehicle, I guess you could call it. He's a uh, carry case. Carry case slash vehicle slash creature, we'll get to that. He yeah. is from Mattel's Masters of the Universe toy line, I think in 1985. 
This was a long white skeleton of, I don't know, like an Eternian dragon or a dinosaur or something. Fossils, like you would see in the museum. Like fossils, right. Fossils. Exactly. Like fossils. Where'd you dig up that old fossil? Battle bones, fossil. <laughs> um, where the fuck was I? Uh, along its rib- <laughs> along its rib cage were these little like plastic pieces that let you snap action figures into place. Snap into it. Snap into a battle bone. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. It's either eight or twelve, but it's at least eight, and it's I think it actually is twelve figures that you could fit on this pretty small toy. You couldn't fit 12 action figures from He-Man in, like, the actual He-Man playsets comfortably, and yet they're fucking on this little dinosaur here. Well, this is what's genius about it, and I think it just never got the credit it deserves. If you had that, it would make it easier as a kid to put your toys away and put your action figures into that thing and put it away. You're masking the work as play. That's what you need to do. It's not cleaning up when I'm sticking my He-Man in a fucking dinosaur skeleton. (laughs) And I guess like it kind of worked on the same principle as like a vehicle from the Flintstones. The Battlebones skeleton thing, it did have feet, but I guess like the characters that you stick in are kind of doing the heavy lifting. I see what you're getting at here. I didn't think of it that way. I, I have to be honest with you. I felt like this Look, was... dude, it's been 50 years. I could be wrong. I, I, mean, no, I, I, don't, was... I don't have a battle... No, you're you... the one who has three fucking battle bones within <laughs> arm's reach. I got none. I was thinking it was more like the mash transit of Eternia. It's so funny that you say that because as a kid, what I would do with this thing, it actually served the same purpose as a bus the characters would line up and get on it. And the rule was that it was neutral territory. You couldn't fight when you were riding battle bones. I would rather take a dead dinosaur than the New Jersey transit (laughs) into Manhattan. (laughs) Fucking Christ. Me too. (laughs) But no, it's not the best way to travel. If you're in a hurry, if the bad guys are after you and you're on battle bones, you're fucked. (laughs) Uh, Look, let's be real. If you go back and look at these fucking vehicles that are in He-Man, a lot of them aren't exactly practical. I think, didn't they create a, 50-ton tank that essentially just had, like, a ball on it that would smash things. <laughs> a lot of effort for a little payoff. If you're the bad guys and you're in the bad guy battle bone and He-Man's coming after you on the Talon Fighter, I love, you just brought up something that I loved. One of the things, like, in the mini-comic, I guess Battle Bones, who is kind of a living creature, by the way, yeah. at, least, at least in canon, like, he's not just a dead fucking dinosaur that they decided to carry around. Wait, did you say dead fuck? It's the Halloween show. Oh, God. So, yeah, in the mini comic, he might have been a hero, but in the toy line, it was almost like if a bad guy wrote him, he was bad. If a hero wrote him, he was good. Whatever. Yeah. Great idea. And I think the amazing testament that it's still getting airtime right here on the Purple Stuff podcast. This is one of the cheapest vehicle scale things in that line it was really cheap back in the day i think it was like maybe 13 bucks super cheap super, super cheap. cheap it's super cheap yeah i got two things in my tank tonight super cheap and ba-da-ba-ba-ba. that's it well i have laser shooting out of my eyes so we're, yeah. we're all good <laughs> new from the masters of the universe collection the collector case that carries more than warriors, more than weapons. Your parents put it together. To battle! Battle Bones can also help you carry on the struggle. The struggle for... All the power in the universe! 
Battlebones Collector Carry Case from Mattel. Each toy sold separately. Number eight. The danger, the daring, the challenge, the courage. Clash of the Titans. The risks, the rewards, the terror, the triumph. Of the Titans, the Odyssey of the Warrior Perseus, through wonders no man has seen and horrors no man has faced. MGM presents Clash of the Titans, rated PG. Starts Friday at the Century 25, Man's Birdcage Walks, Ackerman to Drive in Stockton Royal. Okay, Matt, for this last one, you were just talking about the mass transit of Eternia, and I'm going to tell <laughs> you about how you get across the river Styx. And that is by Karen the Ferryman from Clash of the Titans, specifically the movie from 1981. Okay, so I got to stop you because I was really struggling with the pronunciation. Is it Kiaron? Like, what the fuck? How do you say this guy's name? It's spelled like Charon. Charon. I just say Karen. It's like Charon. Charon. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Clash yeah. of the Titans. I've uh, always been intrigued with this movie. I've still never seen it. I only watched a few clips, but. Oh, man, it's so fucking, like, legendary. It's so great. Yeah, the Greek mythology story, you have Perseus and Andromeda. And anyway, so there's a scene where Perseus has to go across the river Styx because he wants to go and chop Medusa's head off. So he has to hop on this sort of uh, little ferry because he's the ferry man. Every time you say Ferryman, I think of the guy from fucking Hills Have Eyes. I know it's not the same name, but it's very <laughs> Michael close. Ferryman. <laughs> Michael Ferryman, yes. Yeah. So anyway, he calls for it. He blows the horn. And out of the fog, this skeleton-cloaked guy comes rolling up in his ferry. You cannot possibly oversell this because it is the quintessential Reaper-type character. Oh, yeah. So scary. And I don't know, like, in context with the whole film, how he comes off. But in the four minutes or so that he's on screen, I'm like, wow. When I was a little kid watching that movie, I would sometimes fast forward just to watch that because I was so scared. I loved it. But anyway, so he's got to pay the toll. You know, when you go on a bus, you got to pay your whatever fee yep. you get on. Yeah, he's yeah. got to pay the troll toll. So the uh, Karen guy, he puts his skeleton fingers out. Perseus has got to put the coin in his hand. So you gotta blow a horn to get him that there, Lando Calrissian Power of the Force coin. It's really coming in handy. Is yeah, it's getting a lot of play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed, but like you heard. The bones click when he put his fingers out. Like, it was almost like Freddy Krueger's glove. What was amazing is that you have this, like, this little kind of boat ride going across the river or whatever. The River of Sticks, I think you called it. Yeah, and, the River you know, Sticks. Usually you're hearing kind of boat wooden creaks. In this case, it comes off more like you're hearing the creaks of Kieran's bones. Yes. This is just pulse pounding. You know what would be so cool? If when you die, he brings you to your death on a boat. Listen, dude, if you can prove that that happens, I'll be dead tomorrow. 
That's awesome. That's so freaking cool. I think that's at least comforting now that we can meet Karen the ferryman. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I might be dead, but at least this fucking Grim Reaper is going to take me on a nice little boat ride yeah, to he's... where the snake-headed woman lives. Real quick, he had an action figure. And I have this action figure, and I think you said you loved it. That's like my white whale. I've always wanted it. So get this. So I have always had a loose one that I got a long time ago. And I always thought, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to put me through college one day looking at some of these prices, right? Yep, and yep. if you get it in the card, like mint, it's over $300 in that range. Which is actually a fucking bargain, in my opinion. But then loose, it's like 25 I'll tell you what, if it makes it feel better, Jay, I'll offer you 26. (laughs) (laughs) I love that figure. He looks, literally, it looks like you took the Kenner Emperor Palpatine figure from the vintage Star Wars line and gave it a skull face. It looks exactly like that. I want to get him drunk and put like a captain's hat on him, give him a Lando Calrissian coin. And have him take you for a little uh, boat ride? (laughs) Yep. Let's do it, man. (laughs) Pay the toll. (laughs) Matt, so we've talked about our skeletons tonight. Not the ones in the closet, but... <laughs> no, no. These. Please. That'll be our final show today. <laughs> one way or another, believe me. Skeletons. Eight great skeletons from all walks of pop culture. Yeah, it was fun talking about these guys. As a Halloween main event, I give it a solid B-. minus. All right, so who's going over whose? I usually do yours first. Why don't you do mine? I will do that. I really liked your picks tonight, Matt. You had uh, the McNugget who was wearing the skeleton mask. Love that. Bones from uh, Power Rangers. Highly effective Bones. (laughs) The Spooky's Reaper, which was a highlight. And we had Battle Bones from Masters of the Universe, the carry, collector case, mass transit, all in one. That's going to be tough because a couple of these are up your alley for sure. I'm going to go with Battle Bones. Ah. It's such an oddball thing, but in its own little way, it kind of exemplifies why people our age are always going to have like a foot in the toy world. Yeah. Because we grew up with such imaginative things that are just really hard to let go of. You take this extremely simple fucking toy, like it is just a chunk of fucking white plastic, essentially. And you got so much out of it. So iconic to look at. And just everything about it was just so awesome. I agree with everything you said there. So Battle Bones is your pick. Let me go through yours. You brought to the table tonight, Kieran from <laughs> Clash of the Titans, yeah. uh, who is the ferryman, Michael Ferryman from The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> yeah. He is the one who leads you to the underworld on his little boat. Yeah. You brought up to the bone from the real Ghostbusters collection, who I have a lot invested in. Like I said, he was a Christmas present. I'll never forget him. You brought up the live-action Skeletor, specifically the New Adventures of He-Man-style Skeletor, from that one 30-second spot. And then you brought up the Horned King from the Black Cauldron. Yeah. And I think that's all of them. Let me see. I don't know who you're going to pick here. This is, I think it's I don't either. You, right? They're all contenders, but I am going to knock out Skeletor. As much as I like them, I just feel like I, I'm ready to give the nod to somebody else tonight. Okay, I could see that. Amazingly, I'm also going to knock out Bad. 
I got to go with Kieran. I knew you were going to go with that. Yeah. It almost has that like PSA from the 1980s mm-hmm. feel where it's yeah. just so, like, so yeah, to creepy. Get you to stop smoking cigarettes or something. Right. Like, like this is where you're going to go if you don't stop smoking. Yeah. yeah. Or if you don't buckle your safety belt. <laughs> you know, that's the skeleton I really wish I could have brought up, but I didn't because I mentioned him back in like 2002. <laughs> yeah. The, the ferryman. Kieran the ferryman. Definitely a. F- Rocks my socks with that one, Jay. All right, so we had uh, Karen the Ferryman and uh, Battle Battlebones. So, I mean, this really was a fun show. I think both of us had completely different lists in the beginning. Literally every single one of my skeletons was something else. I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know where. I kept making left turns, right turns, and then I ended up with the fucking two-second monster from episode two of Power Rangers where Trini was scared of heights. Yeah. <laughs> Directly before we started recording, we changed everything. Yeah. You, you like, literally finalized your list. What is it? No, it's around nine. You finalized it around seven. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a fun show, man. Been a fun season has been a fun season like we said it just flew by oh really God. did just if it flew by for us we assume it did for you too guys this is the price we all pay for getting old we had a lot of good stuff come out this halloween season and uh, we had a great time hanging out with you guys hey we did a bunch of shows this season we started back in july don't forget we did the monster cereal show we did the what the hell else did we do the elvira uh ebay, eBay dig. Dig. that was yeah. on the boat that was on the patreon we did some other Halloween bonus shows there. We did yeah. spooky songs, and there was some other show we did. Um, we did Johnny Carson. Oh, that's right. We were on Carson. Yeah, <laughs> Carson's Halloween episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking before about how we can't remember anything. I literally can't remember the last show we did. <laughs> uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed spending your Halloween season, or at least a few hours of it, with us. We really appreciate that you did. Yeah. If you want to support the show, we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash purple stuff. Where we have our monthly bonus shows. We're ending this season, but we're going right into another holiday season. So we hope you'll join us for that. Yes, absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Matt, I would wager to say that we had skeletons of fun. Like our friend the Crypt Keeper says. <laughs> ba dum bum bum bum. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.